And welcome. Hi. Yep. Hi. Welcome back to. <laughs> that was a smooth, smooth entry for all of us. Um, welcome back to the our next episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast. Welcome to the Mayhem. And joined today by Tony, as per usual, but our extra special guest today, the one and only Nicole Carroll, who needs very little introduction if you've been in CrossFit for more than 3.2 seconds, I think. So welcome, Nicole, to the show that is. The Tony and Lisa show. Thank you. So, so. Thank Welcome. You now that we've, we've had this awkward introduction, um, <laughs> it's all good. I'm just drinking over here. Um, well, listen, I'm pumped that you're on this episode. I know that I haven't really dragged you on here yet, but I'm glad that you're on here. So there's a lot of things that we could talk about, but I'm just happy that you're here. So I think we've got a lot of different things that we could talk about. And I think the best thing to start with is where's Bates? Just kidding. I don't want to bring him in here because I don't want to get rid of him. Um, I'm a little upset though. Just so people know. Yeah. Just for clarity, Bates is a is a puppy. Bates is a dog, and uh, he's not the only one. There's also Smokey. Yeah. New puppy. I have two old puppies too. Yeah. Um. Well, sweet. So. I think everybody obviously knows who Nicole is naturally. Um, I don't think this is really going to take a whole lot of introductions as to what it is, but I'm stuck somewhere between whether I want to talk about CrossFit level things or I want to share the world, the person that I'm so fond of, which is you. Uh, but I think we can do both of them on this episode. So uh, I think we better just wing it and see kind of where this whole thing goes. All right. Let's see try it. Yeah, let, let the adventure begin. Now. Um, so naturally you, you you've got a lot of new things that have come out in 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 the handful of last months which is like the north star and all that stuff and i do want to talk about those things but i think what it would be interesting is if people know the background story of nicole carroll because everybody knows nicole they know like uh you know the uh, uh all of the the nasty girls videos and all of those things although without context that would be terrible to hear on the internet but um <laughs> They, they, they um, all know those videos, but I think <laughs> I know you is relatively well, and I think that there's some background story that people would be would be interested in hearing. So maybe for once we talk about how you got into CrossFit as opposed to what you're doing with CrossFit, because I think that's the thing that everybody really wants to know. But I think it's important that everybody knows who you actually are, and and I think that part would be fun to share the story. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. How I got into CrossFit. Uh, well, do you, do you guys remember? So I was living at a yoga center in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Let's just start there. We'll fast forward 20 some odd years. Um, <laughs> and decided it was time to come down from the mountains after many years. I was a yoga teacher, a pottery instructor, a vegetarian, and thinking I was on my way to graduate school for ceramics. So decided to move down to Santa Cruz proper so that I could go back to school, finish my portfolio uh, that would have been required to apply for an MFA program in ceramics at Long Beach State, which is a really great ceramics program. 
By the way, there is a show that exists called The Pottery Throwdown that I was just yeah. introduced to. I had never watched yeah, I've it seen before. It. I was told yeah. it was addictive, and it is addictive. Mm. So we're going to throw anyway. down some pottery. So we're going to do. <laughs> I think you should. You know, you throw pottery. Like, yeah, that's a thing. I, I think okay. I think you should throw down some pottery <laughs> on the show. Oh, really? I could go out to the shed and just yeah. Just sling it. Sling some. Take it from there. We got yeah. two minutes into my life story and we're already <laughs> <laughs> taking a massive detour. Um, yeah. And I always, I did yoga, went to the gym, went to Gold's Gym, always worked out to be healthy. My dad was a bodybuilder, um, competitive bodybuilder. So I grew up around gyms. I was very comfortable in gyms and without really thinking about it, it was just a, kind of an entrenched part of what I did. No matter, no matter what I was doing, I was always either playing a sport or doing something to stay fit. Um, you know, we ate pretty well in my house, things like that. So I was going to Gold's Gym periodically when I was still living up at Mount Madonna Center. And then I um, heard about CrossFit and started pulling the workouts off the website and actually doing them at Gold's Gym. Hmm. And what sparked that, and this is a piece of a story I don't tell that much, um, but I went to a class um, that my dad was running. And it was very, um, if you know bodybuilding, what is it called? It's called like super circuiting, right? Or super, hmm. super setting, yep. right? And so it was kind of like taking the super setting concept bringing it to like a group fitness class um and i took that class with my dad and all of his people in his class and i was probably the youngest one there by like 20 years mm. and i just thought of course i got this because i've always got it and that's you know <laughs> just how i thought of myself at that time and um and i was dying and i literally called tony budding i don't know if you 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 know tony tony yeah yeah um, at the time. And I said, I think, I think I have a disease. Like, <laughs> I, took, I think there's something really wrong with me. I took this class and I couldn't breathe. I just mm. couldn't breathe. That's and funny. He was like, I really think you should try CrossFit. That was his response. That's the cure. Classic CrossFitter response. Yeah. <laughs> Just more medicine. Right. That's all it really is. Just more of it. To track yeah. Um, it's yeah. Oh no. It was also, no, I think you're just really out of shape. I think you should try CrossFit, which was like, <laughs> I'd never in a million years would have categorized myself as someone who is out of shape. And so, okay. So then started pulling the workouts off CrossFit.com, um, going to Gold's Gym. And this was late. This was in 2004 sometime. Um, and I was comfortable enough with a lot of the stuff where I could just kind of do it on my own. And then fast forward, I was leaving Mount Madonna Center to move down to Santa Cruz proper. Now we're getting back to the start of the story. And um, there was actually a CrossFit gym in Santa Cruz. So instead of going to Gold's Gym, um, I decided, well, why don't I just go to this CrossFit gym and give it a try? And took it for a class with Greg was my coach and just I remember it had running push-ups and pull-ups I don't remember much more than that and had a very similar 
experience of kind of looking around and assessing at face value the people in the class and thinking, okay, I should be able to hang here. Um, And very quickly realized I could not. And was, again, okay, maybe I am not as in good shape as I thought I was. And and there are women doing pull-ups, which if you're from my generation, you know, sure, like in the bodybuilding community, you'd have women doing strict pull-ups, right? But this was, this was not, these were not bodybuilders in this class. Right. And they were jumping up on the bar doing freaking multiple pull-ups. And I just thought, what? What's going on here? Why can't I do right. that? I had one looking, screaming, like <laughs> not even skipping would be a like degradation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Getting my chin over the bar. And, it, and you know, I think about it a lot now because if you are from my generation, even for the, we had the presidential physical fitness test, and the girls could never do, we, we like, pull ups weren't on our test. We just got yeah. to, like, step up on the box, get our chin over the bar, and, like, hang there and shake. Like Star Hang. Just like Star Hang. Yeah. Yeah. What even is that? Uh, I've never understood that. I was terrible at it, just so we're clear. That's why I always hated it. But I was like, I'd rather just do a pull-up than hold myself here and act like I'm having a seizure. Exactly. It is is like the most humiliating thing, right? Yeah. If you're actually taking it seriously, you just shake convulse uncontrollably. There's no way to look cool doing that. You're just like, don't pass it up. Yeah. Yeah. Very inspiring. Yeah. Now that sound bites a hundred percent. Lisa's gonna cut that That's, out. I already know it. it. Don't don't you do it? I will demote you. <laughs> what? If I cut out the soundbite of Tony doing the don't pass having out a seizure. Yeah. I mean, there are rings right here. I could actually demonstrate it for real what it's like, but we'll save the world and we'll spare you of my my gymnastics prowess. Uh, I, mean, you I, think it's, your pants. I hope you have pants on. I do. I do have pants on. I can't get my leg high enough to see them because they're not that stretchy. But they were just. I promise I'm wearing pants, everybody. I'm standing though. I'm not on the bike. But it's funny about that though. I don't think I've really ever talked about it. But for me, also the thing that was the most like eye-opening and cross it was the amount of pull-ups. I think people know it and you think you realize it, but I kind of had the exact same exposure. I was like people can't do that many pull-ups and you watch people do that many pull-ups. You're like, that changes yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a, yeah. So uh, I, after that, just kept going back. Really. It was kind of that simple. I just thought, okay, this is really different. It feels, and I, this realization I had quickly. Um, and even the difference between CrossFit and what my dad was doing, which was more station based, mm-hmm. right? Where circuit like this was a lot more. Okay, everybody's doing the same workout. There was scaling, which, you know, I didn't know what that was at the time necessarily, but it, yeah. it had just right away, it was easy to hook into this feeling of, wow, this feels a whole lot more like the sports I played when I was in school versus mm-hmm. anything that I've ever done to stay in shape or fitness. Mm-hmm. And that right there just was like, yeah, this is cool. You know, I'm not, it's, 
it's not this me and the mirror and the weights, you know, on the bodybuilding side. And it's not me and the automatons in front of the aerobics instructor and the mirror all doing the same thing. And then not to mention that whole kind of just camaraderie aspect of it that just, and again, really, and I had a coach, right? I mean, I, I had, without, without realizing it was like, you know, yeah. and ha- having the coach who set the precedent for the professionalization of the trainer, right? So it was kind mm-hmm. of that work hard, move well, have fun was probably what I got was a, a really an optimal version of that. And so, yeah. you know, it just was like, okay, yeah, hey, I- I'll go back. Um, and look at you now here i am here we are here we are just a couple of years later just a couple (laughs) casual just calendar years later here we are decades at this point Uh, it's a the reason i i wanted to share some of that story too is a little bit of of motivation there for us one of the, the motivations with the podcast recently has been kind of trying to you know, shine the light behind the scenes a little bit as to, you know, the people behind HQ. And, and naturally, everybody knows you, right? They know Dave, uh, you know, Greg, and, and some other people. But, you know, I really wanted to do a service to all of you guys because, you know, it's one of those things where I know everybody knows that there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving parts to it. But until you really get to pull back that curtain, you get to see it. And I do have the luxury of being able to see that. Do you really, truly appreciate that, like, not only is it and just a really company. You really see it. And you, you yeah. stand up in my kitchen at six in the morning yeah. when, I, <laughs> when I roll down. You fight over the, the coffee machine. Who gets to push the button on the machine first? I'm like, <laughs> I usually wait until I hear the machine turn on. And I'm like, all right, it's safe. Now I can go down there and make my own cup. But I'm really just down there for the dogs. It's not actually the coffee. But, you know, that's an important part of the story, though, is that even for myself, I didn't realize, you know, simply put for everybody listening to this, Nicole is one of the hardest, longest working people that I think I have ever, ever encountered. And naturally, yes, I do get to see way behind the curtain and stay in the kitchen. But like the amount of work that you guys put into this stuff, I don't think can be understated. And, and I don't know as though a lot of people really, truly understand and appreciate that. I mean, it's really easy to stand on the outside of HQ and be in the affiliate or wherever and point and throw rocks and be like, you know, HQ doesn't do enough. And so what was interesting about that story, though, for me, is that when you you look at that and you're like, wow, you guys are working really hard. But one of the first conversations you and I really had in depth about it was really your honesty being like, we can do more, you know, Mm -hmm. and that to me, I was like, wow, you're not like somebody who is going to defend the model like and that I always thought was very cool. And so for me, from that point forward, I was like, I think more people need to get out from behind HQ and we'll put them on the podcast and you know we had Rex on here and obviously you're now on here but I think it'd be very fun for people to realize that like not only is there real people behind this thing but they're real people who are obviously real crossers which they know but truly how hard everybody's working for the same cause and that part's very cool but I think it starts with knowing that like we all have similar origin stories yeah and, and I think we all kind of forget that sometimes you know yeah. especially the newer people who come in to realize that like all of us weirdos started kind of just like you guys did, except for it was way harder to find CrossFit back then. They were like weird, sort of like pseudo, like secret places. Yeah, it was like an societies. underground network. Yeah. yeah. You had yeah. to have like a secret knock. It was an underground marketing network. Yeah. Such a thing. Yeah. You, yeah, you had to. 
He had to figure out, he had to know somebody at that point. You had to know the other Tony, yeah. Tony Budding to get well, in there. Even when I started in 2011, it was still like I would explain to people, yeah, I'm doing this thing, CrossFit, and they were like, what? Is it like cross-training or, you know, it was it was still very um, low-key and people just didn't understand it even then. And it was like, oh, that that sounds too hard and da-da-da-da before it's now just part of the vernacular. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the way people work out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, and 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 we spawned a lot of imitators, right? It, we huh. we spawned a new, basically, new genre of kind of boutique fitness, and it's all yeah. it's all product imitation. Frankly, I'm just going to say it. Um, yeah. But anyway, well, it's uh, good thing. That is one of the things that I, I, I did want to talk about. All that you said, I just. It makes me oddly uncomfortable though when you say that because I I don't feel like yeah I I should we we should be judged by the quality of what we do you know not for how hard I work everybody works yeah. hard you know like it's it it I, I think I think our our community has the the right to demand that from us. Um, and I, I don't, I don't mean that in the entitled sense. I, I think, I mean it from thinking as highly of everybody in this situation as I can, where I like to think that we're all self-reflective and self-aware enough to know and take, I feel like it characterizes CrossFitters is to take a ton of personal responsibility, an extreme amount of personal responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and coming from that place. I feel like on both sides, we we should demand the best from each other and, and sure. continue to and continue to make each other better. And how hard I work is neither here nor there, uh, in right. my opinion. But I appreciate. I also appreciate what you said. But I just I had to. Just... I knew as soon as I said it, you were going to be like. <laughs> but I think, too, what, <laughs> I think what's also reflected. <laughs> From you know, even our conversation with Rex is not even how hard people work, but the passion and the commitment to making the thing better, and that yeah. that is going to be hard work. But everyone that I've interacted with, you know, in my time as affiliate owner, or even through talking to Tony about some of the stuff behind behind the curtains, is the passion, the willingness to to run into the the battle for this thing, and yeah. want it to be better rather than going, yeah, I'm working hard. That's enough. It's like we want it yeah. to be as good as it can be. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that we are we are we are lacking in people for whom working at the job. Uh, it yeah. is, you know, for better or for worse. But I, I think I think mostly for better. Um, and yeah. I, you know, it, my my goal would be to keep it that way uh, from the HQ side and the affiliate side. Yeah. I think that's what makes that's what makes well, I think, you know, one of the things that <laughs> one of the things that separates this whole thing, I think, HQ, and I, I think people have to understand this, is that, you know, in many situations, the guru space is a perfect example of this, right? When, when people become, in, as somebody who was like the, the figurehead for CrossFit Gymnastics for a very long time. One of the biggest risks was always that like you can very quickly 
let that thing become your ego, right? And your identity. And the next thing you know, you know, arrogance sort of drives the, 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 the machine forward. And one of the things that I think is relatively unique to, to HQ is that in that same framework where you dismiss the amount of work you did, but you wanted to be judged by the quality of the output rather than the input, I think is absolutely like is a soundbite that is the truism of Nicole that I've ever heard. Right. But that is very central to a lot of the pieces of HQ where you, you don't get to see this present in a lot of the organizations where people who could be elevated to the status that like you guys have all you know been able to appreciate just from you know being around for a long time. It'd be really easy for you to become figureheads, talking heads and like almost have a certain level of uh, I don't want to say arrogance, but simple a certain level of, you know, uh, entitlement and. What's everybody that I know across the entire board of HQ has the exact opposite. Uh, they're all like, no, right? Like, doesn't matter how hard I work or how long I've been here, or what I've done. Like, the only thing that really matters is what I'm doing. And like mm-hmm. that, that is, I, in my opinion, is trickled down through the entire, you know, ecosystem. Whether it gets into the affiliate model, we can get into in a second because I don't necessarily think that that is the case. But uh, we're working to change that one piece okay. at a time. But I think that that part's cool and like. I'm glad that you did just challenge me back because I knew you would. I knew you were going to be like, I, how hard I work doesn't matter because I just do it. You don't done. know me. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But I do know that she's literally up at the crack of dawn with those headphones on, on meetings, and then she's on them <laughs> until the end of the day. And I'm like, there she goes again, more. There she goes again. Um, and so it, it was It was actually very fascinating for me to see because like you, you kind of know it, but then you see it firsthand. You're like, whoa. That's like seven days a week of meetings, you know, for you guys. And, and I think for everybody outside of HQ, it's really easy to say, you know, what they want, you know, and I know you and I've talked about this a lot, like what they want from HQ and to do this and do this and do this. But I I think it's important that they also understand how hard everybody is actually working. And yes, work doesn't matter. Output matters. And, And I think that is the thing that is different now, you know, for us as a company, we waited a long time to to really figure out where we fit in alignment with with HQ's vision, right? And was, that was a weird time. I mean, 2020, 2021 was an odd <laughs> time for all the growing pain years. But like the new stuff that is coming out, the new focus and the new initiative is so easy to get behind. And that is that is you guys being measured by your output, in my opinion. You know, it's not just how hard you're working. And I know it's important to all of you guys to protect and preserve this thing. Yes. Yeah. Um. I got nothing. Good wrap up. We're done here. We're done. We're going to now go get some coffee and a couple of drinks and we'll be out of here, guys. Uh, thanks for coming. I uh, appreciate that. Nicole will be back on her uh, for reading live on the podcast, but we'll get into Nicole's book prices in a minute. Um, but one of the things I do want to talk about is in the North Star conversation or the speech that you gave to the UK affiliate gathering, you touched on a very small piece of that that I think is so powerful and I hope that people get it. And that is the mechanism for dilution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and you and I, I know we've talked about this quite a bit around the kitchen Island and really what the big risks are facing, not only the affiliates today, but like the brand in general. And I think that, that you know, that has led to your current position with, with the company. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what that looks like nowadays, but really that soundbite specifically and that big risk, I think, is is definitely worth digging into. Yeah, this is why I love you, because that was literally a very small line in that whole talk. But it's something I think about a lot and I believe is true. 
in in uh, as I as I as I look around now, seeing some of the pressures, different pressures than before, in yeah. in many ways, different ownership, growth goals, different landscape. Like I said, we've created now a cohort of imitators. In some ways, our product. Not entirely, but at least what looks like our product on the surface has been co-opted. And, and then you're looking at top-line revenue, success, et cetera, not stuff we ever really looked at before, stuff that's looked right. at now of these imitators. And you could very easily think, oh, we need to do what they're doing. It's like... Mm. Hang on a second there, Jack, because they're actually <laughs> imitating, right? It's a, it, 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 they, they are imitating what we've been doing, or at least right. their perception of what we've been doing. And to then turn around and imitate them, that is exactly the mechanism for our dilution. And mm. really what we need to be doing now, like, quite frankly, our legacy is our future. We need to be doubling down exactly what makes CrossFit CrossFit and doubling down on the fact that we understand that and if we don't, that's the speed really quick because it is significant. It is still highly differentiated and it actually is where all the opportunity lies. And so, yeah, that is, in, in my opinion, the biggest threat right now comes from inside the ecosystem, looking outside, thinking anyone has anything going on that we don't. Um, and really what we need to do is craft the code and figure out why the hell do we still have so many best kept secrets, right? And, and mm. everybody needs to play their part in that. The affiliate in realizing, right? And doubling down on what makes CrossFit CrossFit, what makes it so damn impactful? Why does it save lives, right? Why? Why is nobody using Orange Theory to rehabilitate, empower drug addicts to have a new lease on life? Why is nobody using F45 in studies that show uh, for, for recovering from cancer? Um, why doesn't any brand have a cohort of 1,500 MDs banging on their door, just wanting us to embrace them more so that they can recommend CrossFit as lifestyle intervention for their patients. Right. Huh. So let's really think about why. Because in my opinion, hold on tight. Hold on as tight as you can. White knuckle that shit, right? Yeah. Because that is the difference. That is what matters. That is what makes us us. And I'm not saying that there's not something because we also make the monsters, right, that we're in two weeks at the games. Hmm. And yes, we can do all of that. Why? Because it's not hyperbole. So let's understand that and let's all double down on it. Us, from a brand promise perspective, right? Let's, all of us at HQ, understand in no uncertain terms the answer to that question, why, right? And then let's crack the code and figure out how we can let the world know. Because every other brand seems to be able to let the world know what they're all about. Like, I think we can do that. I know we can do that, right? We need a clear answer. We need great, committed, dedicated talent, which we have, and we can do that. And then from the affiliate side, man, I want them to over-deliver on that promise. 
whenever we tell the world, they need to over-deliver. And that is how we will take over the world. And guess what? Taking over the world doesn't just mean we all win as business owners. It means this it means we are making the world a healthier place mm. for real. Like mm. what we have on tap, what we have to offer makes the world a healthier place, not just for 17 to 35 fitness interested, wanting to move from fit to fitter, wanting to move from a little skinny to a little skinnier, right? No, for everyone, right? Everyone, the people that I want to drive my party bus to and pick them up at their house and get them out of bed and off the couch and bring them into a gym right? And just get them up to speed, you know, all the way to, yeah, the 18 year old uh, aspirational games athlete, right? Who is fangirling over Mal O'Brien. Like what a wonderful thing, right? What a wonderful role model. Like there is so much health on tap in terms of what we have to offer the world, right? We just need to not fuck it up. We need to understand all of the mechanisms that we have at our disposal that are creating that. And we need to double down we need to look in, not out, because there's mm. no competition out there as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And I'll just say, the world doesn't need another cheese dick fitness brand. <laughs> not what the world needs. That is the, the hashtag of the year. That's going to be the thumbnail of the whole thing. Because like, you can't do that to me. You know? you put me on this podcast. You can't, you can't quote me saying cheese dick. <laughs> I don't know that we've ever used that term on the podcast. Be, there's, there's a lot of North Star t-shirts coming out, but there's going to be a cheese dick t-shirt coming out now. Vindicate. They're on it already. It's going to be, oh, we're going to make the first Fit Fellows t-shirt that says, don't be a cheese dick. <laughs> my quotes are truncated and I'm like, ah, oh, that was taken out of context. <laughs> it's fine. Although I do, I do have some good one-liners. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't clap your monkey. Yeah, yes. I wasn't gonna let that's that one out. But... That's reserved for the crowd only. That, that's the that's the midnight to, to two a.m. There's a couple, There's a couple of them, like people on the rowers. Those and like the little the little pink things, but I'll save the rest of that conversation. Um, I'm disturbed. Lisa's like, what is going on here? I am not invited to these private conversations that I don't know anything about. 3.30 a.m. here. I don't know if I'm awake enough to talk about pink things and slapping your monkey, but cool. I don't remember what the pink things are. You do. You wanted one. Somebody else at the table had one. and Oh, yeah. Oh, that was you guys. That was your dirty mind. No, do not. That is not. that. We're going to, well, let's just move away from, from these little things. But I do think we probably could have wrapped up the podcast right now, right after that soundbite. And that's why, like, it's, yeah, we've had a lot of people on the podcast, but you can definitely fire up the room, right? And now I feel like I should be doing some pull-ups back here and getting back to that. Do it. I'll count. And, uh, but, uh, all the way up. Not not fit enough these days. I just hang them there out of decoration. Same with, like, the books back there. I don't read those. They just hang out now. Uh, But inside that, though, Aside from all, like, there's a lot of power in that. And, and hopefully everybody that's listening to it does kind of spend some time thinking about it and processing it. Because you're right. There is something to be said that needs to be said. It needs to be said more often, more regularly, more repeatedly. That, like, not only is this CrossFit, but also really starting to set some clarity on what is not. Right? Because, like, there's a whole huge part of that conversation, which is, like, it might look like and in, in, in even smell like, but, like, it's not a duck, right? It's not quacking like us. It's not doing us. And I think a lot of that is 
one of the big risks that's facing you know the model today where you know you can get dreadfully close to that 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 painful that that high intensity workout and be like this is must be the same things listing the same thing and then when you zoom way out we don't there's not a lot of you know dale stories in bright orange you know dj ran classes right there's not a lot of situations where people are literally overcoming an entire you know lifestyle an entire you know generation of being raised etc overcoming that inside this gym inside these 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 clever acronyms of fitness facilities mm-hmm. and there's something to be said about that and you also said that i think in that speech too which is in regards to the the why we gather excerpt about that but there is yeah. something very very culturally important about this and I don't think that's lost on affiliate owners. I think that everybody will tell you that like, the community is the, is the thing that makes us different. Yeah. And and that part's important, no doubt about it. But I think for the affiliate owners specifically, it's time for them to start really understanding what is their community and why what makes that important. Because that's the part that it's time for them to start standing on their soapbox and saying, that, like, we're not a cheese dick fitness brand, right? We do things mm-hmm. differently around here. And this is why. Because... For the most part, that community that they're appreciating, and this is probably going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but the community that they're appreciating is in many ways the byproduct of what HQ has created up until this point because they have given cause for people to get behind. But if we're going to drive this thing forward, the affiliate owners have to understand what makes them unique, what makes them individual, and why they're important. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's all going to get diluted. And that's, that's, I do. I, well, it's almost feels weird to say that's our job because I think it's, it's underestimating the affiliates in some ways to say that. And I don't underestimate them at all, but I do believe that there is a leadership, you know, what you're talking about is leadership within the gym. Um, I think in, in, in looking for that or asking for that, like we need to demonstrate leadership from where we sit as well in a similar way in terms of creating a lot of clarity um, around exactly that, around exactly what, what makes us unique, right? What What is worth waiting for? Uh, and so and the, that was the we do more part is, is also um, providing the tools and resources um, to, to help support that. Right. And I, I can't even, you have a better sense than I do in terms of it. it um, I've said this before when I stood in front of affiliates that I'm always a little bit uncomfortable standing in front of affiliates because I, I've never been an affiliate owner. And so I can't really understand the pressures. I can only imagine, you know, like the pressures that exist where the rubber meets the road. And, and you know, I talk about it in that speech in terms of from the coaching perspective, I can understand it, right? I get it. Like this all sounds well and good until there is that complex human creature in front of me that's bringing all of these movement issues, psychological responses, right? Emotional, you know, baggage, whatever it is that, oh, like, okay, I, this isn't as easy as I thought it was. Like there is no textbook answer here. Um, and, yeah. I, and similarly, I can only imagine that that's compounded with the, the complex creature that is just running a small business, right? That that the where the, from where the affiliate sits. And so, I do think, you know, our job is to understand and understand what those pressures are and support as best as possible, both both from the perspective that you're saying, Tony, where just that 
Hey, like, yeah, not not just this is what we stand for, but but really, um, uh, really, really creating a deep and pervasive sense of understanding and belief in what they're doing because it it is incredibly incredibly special and differentiated, and then you know providing resources and tools so that so that they can they can best best use that right so 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 whatever those pressures are that might what's up with the pyramid right the maslow's thingy higher you know, those, bottom, those bottom ones it's like yeah this is well and good you know what i mean but uh i'm not able to make ends meet or whatever it's like i think i think we do have some part in providing those things and i think i think also some part and and i i also love the supportive organizations like yours, um, you know, and, and especially the ones with a, a true intent to serve the affiliates, right? Not, I think I've heard you say this, not just kind of create problems, um, you know, and then sell a solution, right? But the yeah. people who really, there are, there are folks like yourself in the ecosystem who really have it in their hearts that they want to help affiliates and support affiliates, um, yeah. you know, and so I think, I think all of those things that have grown up in the ecosystem as well are um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said in really what you just said too, that I think is worth unpacking. I mean, the first big part of that is in what I just said. Yeah. A couple of things in there. Um, there, there's a, I don't know, you can't really put Nicole and I in the same room because there is no end to the sarcasm. Uh, it will, it's, it's endless and it's infinite. And <laughs> It'll go on forever. But to your point about small businesses and running a small business, and really even your point about being, you know, unqualified because you never owned an affiliate, there's there's a couple of parts of that. The first part is that running a small business is endlessly distracting, no matter what industry they're in, whether you're an affiliate owner or a bakery, right? And most of those distractions are completely unnecessary. They are just there as fires suggesting your attention and energy to put out. And for us, the whole reason we built the company was that like we, much the same as, as coaches in a gym, believe that every single person who owns an affiliate is capable of solving their own problem. For the same reason, I know that they as coaches know that anybody who's walking in that door is also capable of solving their own problem in fitness. And so mm -hmm. what we set out to do was, was to enable them to understand that the principles of fitness apply to business in the exact same way, as long as you can understand the difference between distraction and traction, right? Because like, Think about what happens when you come into, into CrossFit. You have likely probably tried many different things, and all of those things didn't really work out. There was no shortage of stuff, right? You back and by, chest and tries, hour of cardio, like all that stuff, hard workouts. The clock was probably even running. Maybe even a DJ was running. You probably did some spin classes, but like nothing made sense until you got to a CrossFit gym. And what made sense was the people you surrounded yourself with, the, the culture you were immersed in, and there was some degree of actual quantification of the data and that made everything, oh, this is actually pretty easy. The workouts don't really change, right? They might be a little bit more intense and maybe better organized, but like the thing that we did uniquely well in CrossFit was that we put you together, we gave you a place to belong to, and then we tracked your workouts and then we made sure that they improved every single time. That's all business is, right? And so the affiliate owners are mm -hmm. endlessly distracted by you know, trying to hit these mimetic goals of, you know, heavy back squats and, and, and bench presses like they were in fitness until they got to CrossFit. And then 
CrossFit gives them a handful of benchmarks. They're just like, oh, so if I just hit these metrics, I'm doing okay. And it was never about teaching you more stuff. It was cleaning stuff up and looking at how you were moving. And that's really all that has to happen in the affiliates. And so to your point about them, you know, being the, the centers in which change happens, that absolutely is true. And the first thing that does happen is they do need to figure out that they are enough. And I think that you and I have talked about this so many times and that mm-hmm. everybody is creating the chaos to sell them the cure. And, and while there is some, some truth to the fact that there is some chaos out there, none of that suggests that they don't have the solution to their own problem. And so we've got to get affiliate owners back to believing for the same reason affiliate owners know that we have to get the population back to believing. Because if we can't do that, yeah. the whole thing comes apart. I get the whole, I believe in you now. Makes sense. I forget that that's up there, but I, I leave it up there because I always want to take it down. I'm like, you know what? It just works. I'm keep, and I'm lazy. So I'm not um, it takes two seconds. Um, but yeah, so like the one other thing, thing. You, said. You, you, you said something in there about, so I wanted to back up and you said that's all crafted. And I guess though, maybe I was thinking like, yeah, what did we do? Well, we, we, Greg, right? Find fitness in a landscape where no measurable definition existed. Mm. Find fitness in a way that was measurable. Very, very clearly, you could tell whether or not it was working, measurable, observable, repeatable, right? And so that that is very, very distinctive. And it's interesting when you start thinking about it in, in terms of business as well. Um, yeah. that, that there's that just yeah, he didn't he didn't layer on the complexity right it was it was it was a oh, systematic yeah he stripped away all the things that weren't working because he looked at like what actually matters is human performance <laughs> you know he was looking he knew the goal right of fitness that is broad general inclusive that would lend itself to the unknown and unknowable and other things we got our level one but for real Right. That was the and, and, and the outcome was that measure definition of fitness and health. Ultimately. Yeah. Anyway. And in, in the, in the speed in which everybody was able <laughs> the speed in which everybody was able to move if forward like with that, that clarity. It does have that. It does have that. But like that clarity is what drove the whole thing forward because it took it, it created an entire yeah. army of people who were able to speak elegantly about this complex topic. Where, you know, up until Greg clarified that whole thing and made it super simple and, and eloquent, elegant and, and, and packaged it, fitness was this hard thing to talk about, right? You had to you had to bring like a whole library of, of textbooks and, and, and opinions and theories and be like, here's how I'm going to change your life. And Greg was just like, shit doesn't matter. How fast can you run? How high can you jump? How often you do it? Can you squat below parallel? Let's start there, right? And like, all of a sudden, we we're all like, I can get behind that. And then all of a sudden, now we're, I can teach people to get behind that. And that's, you know, yeah. the essence of business is the same way, right? And so if we know that to be true with something as complex as fitness, it's a giant disservice to come in and be like, hey, here's everything that's wrong with your business. And let me just give you this whole, you know, college level education about what you're doing wrong. And then watch these modules, right? It's, it's always the same thing, just like it is on the floor. Show me how you're moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to start there. Right. And like, that's just not where anybody starts. And that's why we built this thing was to help them understand, not because we really wanted to be, become a guru. We definitely hate them. We didn't want to become 
you know, another mentor. We, we did this because we're coaches, right? And what we wanted them to understand was that coaching is the answer to this whole thing, mm-hmm. both your business as well as those people on the floor. And that, uh, that starts with conversation and understanding, not just lecturing in, in, you know, dissertations. And that was really the whole emphasis behind this thing. But it was really all centered around, let's get them to believe in themselves. And then so much of what has come out really from especially you recently too, like you have all the resources behind you. You have the belief, you have the model, you have the methodology, you have the kernel, but you have to better understand that kernel to understand that. I think where it goes wrong for every affiliate is that they can, in, to your point in, the, in your speech was everybody can understand constantly very functional movement, high intensity. Like we get that part, we can define CrossFit there. But I've said this for years at seminars is that everybody knows the definition of CrossFit. Very few of you guys in this room can tell me the application or the implementation of CrossFit. And this is the problem. We have to start talking about what we apply this to. And that's like mm-hmm. the thing that everybody's talking about, right? It's the people walk into a CrossFit gym to get a workout, but they end up with so much more. I think we all know that. We can all espouse that, espouse that soundbite. But my question to the affiliate owners is, if they leave getting so much more, how do you know that? How do you do that? Right. Because like they're mm-hmm. still focused on the CrossFit workout. So how do you maximize that? How do you sell that thing? How do you get people to understand that like, oh, yeah, I'm here for way more than a workout. And that's the thing that we have to unpack. And I think you guys are doing a good job of really understanding like what it is that makes us, the brand CrossFit, you know, indefensible and, and putting that forward. My headphones died. Sorry. <laughs> so they've been uh, you've been on 92 hours of meetings by this point, I'm sure. <laughs> I think to go back to your point, Tony, and you and I were talking just before we jumped on here about a conversation I had with one of our clients, Ray, who will be excited that I mentioned his name today, but he had listened to the podcast we done on trainers, gurus, mentors, coaching, and he his light bulb was how through being coached himself, he was able to understand how powerful that was for him with his staff and with his members and even with a new lead that comes in and being able to not just say, you're coming to me, I'm just going to sell you a workout and you're going to get sweaty and hot and uncomfortable, but he could actually ask them better questions and and help them see the solution that they needed rather than I'm just coming to do some burpees. And it was a real powerful shift for him to understand that you didn't tell me what to do. I did the things, but you helped me believe in it and and in me and through coaching and Mm -hmm. that episode made it that light bulb ping on for him and I thought that was a really important moment in his journey with us Mike I'm back it's okay I wish I had a cool accent you're looking at you're looking at me like (laughs) that's all you heard in that that was good yeah yeah. (laughs) he's obsessed Turns out this is actually how most of these episodes go. So this is not new. Something <laughs> dies, the internet goes out, something <laughs> somebody's stuck in a flood. Um, but there, there is a lot of value, and I think understanding what is the magic of CrossFit, right? And and I'm very much a big fan of this. This I would call it reinvigorated, call it re-energized, whatever you want to call it, but just a refocus back on that true magic and. I think mm-hmm. for a handful of years, we've gone through some generations across. We've talked about this with a couple of different people on the podcast. Like we've all, we've all lived through this, this uh, evolution of CrossFit. Like we were just laughing about the early days and we were like, 
what even is this thing? <laughs> I don't even know what to expect. Like you had no idea what workouts were going to feel like because it was also so new. And then, you know, we moved through different generations of life. And then I think somewhere in the middle of that, we got really, really distracted um, as, a, as a community with the, the, the minutia that was fitness as opposed to the application that was fitness. And, you know, we c- it's easy to point the finger at the games and be like, competitive cross did it distract us all, but it really was never that. I don't think it was the thing that we say on here a lot. And that is the absence of wise, what's become wise and fitness in general has this infinite, has this, this fascinating and infinite way of, of distracting people who don't have concrete wise, right? If we've forgotten what brought us in the gym in the first place and you know, what got us to have the courage to, to bring our gym bag out of the closet, dust it off, throw it in the car, drive across town, walk in this weird warehouse where nobody's got their shirt on, right? And the music is loud and be like, please change my life. Like that has to be a very profound and compelling why, right? And, and if you mm-hmm. forget that and you do really quickly because you get, CrossFit is so effective at getting you out of pain so fast that like within a month, you like almost become unrecognizable to that pain that brought you in the door. And the next thing you know, you're like, you've, got a whole new set of goals. And those goals, if you're not careful, look like those benchmarks. And there's nothing wrong with those benchmarks, but we, we've all forgotten, I think, somewhere in that journey that the point of those benchmarks was to afford you and enable you the ability to go do things with those benchmarks. And that's why we always talk on here about the most important line. Go ahead. I don't know. It's weird to tell people what their goals are to do with the benchmarks, right? I, I, again, yeah. like just, I, I mean, for some people, Maybe that's okay. I, I get what you're saying. I'm, you know, yeah. but it's like, uh, right. The goal is the goal. Whatever that goal is to you, that's coming from within. Um, the idea would be CrossFit can support that, and even if CrossFit becomes the thing, I think that's okay too. And I, again, I'm not like trying to sell CrossFit. I'm just saying, um, I think it's also well, it okay. easily becomes the why, right? I think you look at there's lots of games athletes. There's lots of people who you know, are able to, to put themselves into it, but there's a big difference between just chasing benchmarks because you don't know what you're doing and then realizing why you're chasing those benchmarks. And I think that's really my point. Yeah. It's not to say that maybe that across that way is like, you know, benchmarks are a bad thing. They're not, it's just that, you know, learn and play new sports and maybe that sport is CrossFit, mm-hmm. right. And maybe that is that yeah. thing, but if we're going to, if we're going to better understand what is the magic of CrossFit and what is that thing that, you know, we, you know, people throw around in the affiliates now like cliches, if we're going to define that, we have to understand, you know, just how much it affords people that life. And one of the things that I think we talked about this mm-hmm. with, with uh, the Starrettes on here was just the distraction that is fitness seems to be get you more fitness, meaning more workouts as opposed to like more yeah. life back. And we've got to get them. We've got to get mm-hmm. people back to vitality. And if vitality for you looks like more CrossFit workouts, amen. But if it's just you doing yeah. more workouts because you think you need more fitness to go do something else, you've kind of missed the point. Now that's the mic drop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mic drop for you too, then. We've all had mic drop. We're just throwing mics around in here. Good job, us. I do think it's important. <laughs> I think we, you know, I think we're in a generation now in a season of this CrossFit journey. Oh my goodness. Oh, we're, I thought you were going to be. No. In my generation. My, no, you already threw that out. You already, you already mic'd up your own generation. Although we are in the same generation, so I think people will probably think that I'm older than you, though, because I have gray in the beard and you don't have a beard. So um, <laughs> people definitely think I'm older and wiser than you, but that's it's not the truth. Um, but I think 
Yeah, we're doing a good job. I think we're in a generation now where people are exploring what it means to do things with their fitness. Like we had Spiel around here and some other people. And I think we're starting to see, you know, key people do more things with fitness as opposed to just doing more fitness. And I think that that really starting to drive the value to be like, wow, if I do CrossFit, I can do more things. It's not just about doing CrossFit to do CrossFit. And I think that's a very valuable lesson for a lot of people because affiliate owners are generally stuck in the same problem. And that is that they think that they can't get people in the door, which is not true. And they think that the people who come in the door don't want to pay them enough money, which is also not true. Right. And if we can better understand the value proposition that they're putting out there, it's a lot easier to understand how much they're worth. And, and I think as a whole, both as a brand, as a company, you guys are putting forth better content in regards to the application implementation of CrossFit. I think affiliate owners are starting to understand that like this thing might be worth more than 150 a month, weirdly enough. Right. And they start to understand mm-hmm. that like, okay, I can maybe not feel guilty about charging somebody what I'm worth because the thing that I'm actually doing is much more than a CrossFit workout. And those mm-hmm. things aren't mutually exclusive. Right. Okay. Deal. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, where, I guess in theory, do we, where, what's the next big thing for, for you guys in terms of the brand? What, what are you guys working on? What's uh what's the big focus and initiative? Uh, I think, I think actually just what I said, which is just creating, creating and implementing, which means baking it into the DNA of everybody that works at CrossFit um who we are why we do what we do and how we do it in no uncertain terms and i think um i think we need that and and i think we i think we're 80 percent of the way there so we're mm-hmm. going to get 100 percent of the way there that's the that's the next big thing for me um and what i'm doing um, and so when when it's 100 yeah. percent, what does that look like for the community though the affiliate owners. Hopefully, a similar, hopefully a similar amount of clarity. Just everything you were just talking about in terms of in terms of being able to uh, be. I don't. I don't even think it's. It just reinvigorated around that that sense of why. Um, hopefully, a sense of trust in us that we know who we are. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We know why we're doing it. I think that's important. And um, yeah, it 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 should be. To in my mind, it's it should be this incredible spark that allows for, yeah, what you're saying, right? That, that, that hopefully affiliate owners especially can feel like they're standing on a very solid foundation and they're supported in a way, um, even if it's just in a way of thinking and understanding, to your point, what I have to offer here is so much more. And mm. And I, 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 that's not, again, that's not just an empty, an empty sentence that I'm, you know, it's not a, it's not a freaking tagline. It's, uh, it, it, it's, I, I, I feel it and I understand it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not asking anybody to, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, just close their eyes and believe, um, but, but rather really understand. And so I think that, that and I know that's a bit Nicole. I think with I don't really think with I think with my heart. So sometimes my words are weird. Um, <laughs> the words don't. <laughs> you do think with your heart. It's adorable. 
I oh, think nice um, you're adorable too over there with oh, your special wow. light on and your blue eyes. I know. Don't, don't pull my cover on my special light. Right? I need all the help I can get. I, you, what you guys don't know is there's an entire hair and makeup department that I employ. I'm jealous of your special light. You look all I, Listen, I sent you the link. You could have just easily hopped in there. You sent like, me the link yesterday. Now I couldn't. Hey, listen. Amazon delivers same day, but you happen to live not in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> they, you're going to have to send Freya down the hill to go get the, the stuff. Um, but I do think you guys are doing it. You're doing a really good job of the right things of making things seem simple. Right. Get back to what Greg did so well for fitness. I think it, it, it took all of us. It took him to, to, to make things simple for all of us to get behind that thing. Right. And if you look way mm-hmm. back you know, to 20 years ago when, most of us got started, you know, all of us OGs, like that was the thing that drove all of us forward. That's the thing that made us risk tetanus and all these crazy warehouses. We were just like, I'm not even sure what's happening here. Like, you know, and he simplified that things got a little complicated in the middle, right? Cause it's the messy middle of, of all the growing pains. And now, you know, really with the brand stuff and, and, and I know this mostly because you and I've had a lot of conversations about it, but like mm-hmm. it's getting back to that elegance. It's getting back to that simplicity so that the affiliate owners, don't have to pedal complexity. They don't have to think that like this whole thing is confusing and, and hard and difficult and in danger, right? It's it's very simple. And the simpler I can make it, the more boring I can make it, dare I say, the better it's going to be, right? And I think you guys are doing that really, really well. Now we just need to get the affiliate owners to realize that like, hey, stop making my affiliate very, very complicated. The simpler I can make it, the safer it's going to be. And I think that we all fall into that same trap, right? You know, Greg, for a long time, you know, espoused that whole argument of obfuscation was the curse of the novice, right? Everybody just overcomplicates things. And right now, the affiliate owners are in that generation of maturity where most of them are growing up and they're starting to realize like, hey, maybe I don't want to do more things. I'd like to do less things better. And can you help me with that? And that's really where we came into this thing. And I think that's where you guys are coming at the other side being like, hey, this is what it really means to be a part of the magic of CrossFit. It's not about all the workouts and all the qualifiers and all those things. Like those are awesome things to do and they're important. But like yeah. the magic of CrossFit lives in Nicole's party bus. <laughs> <laughs> There's zero context for that. Zero. I do right. want to say so, uh, another thing though. I um, I love everything you're saying. And I'll say another thing that makes me uncomfortable that I don't believe uh, this blanket statement about affiliates, right? So, so I think that framing, you know, I think it's a potential pitfall that some affiliate owners can fall into. I, but I, I don't, I don't think just saying affiliates as if all affiliates, you know what I mean? Like, I I think we've, I think, I think there's quite, quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of, gyms out there who who I think from the start or at whatever point are doing exactly what um what we're talking about right yeah. anyway I sorry I just no it, that's, that's just, very fair to say I mean it, frankly for us as, as an organization and with the podcast we tend to err more on the side of what's wrong right because like most people I assume who are listening to this are in a situation of things don't seem to be where they want them to be and so we yeah, tend to err on that but it's the truth, though, and I do think it does deserve a lot more credit to the ones that are doing it the right way, right? You know, the rootses that are out there and all those people, and and they are the beacons mm-hmm. of. But if you look at all of them, you know, it's it's 
they do one thing really, really well, and they don't waver from that thing um, and, and getting them to that point. And we can get them all there, so be it. But what they don't need is more lead gen and more of this and more systems and more like they just got to figure out how to make it simpler. And that's that's hopefully the goal for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes to all of the above. Uh, there's, a, there's so many more things I want to drag out of it, but I also know that you probably have 72 more meetings, so I don't want to drag you through more of these That's things. Okay. And not to mention, we've already, we've already killed one set of headphones on this, so we don't want to kill more. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. We did kill one set. True. Um, That's and, a first. And frankly, I'm here to, to drive you crazy, but the big question is, the most important question is, if you could give people three books to read, what books would you give them to read? You were not scripted for this, so you're thrown out. And they don't have to be business books either. I wasn't so. scripted for any of this, by the no. way. <laughs> at all. No. She had no idea what she was walking into at all. That's that's the way tell. we do what we do. That's the magic of this is we never script. It's just... I don't know if um, it's the magic for, or the mayhem. Yeah, okay. I think I got them. Uh, the first one is probably The Book of Essentials by David White, which I gave mm. you when you stayed here. Um. Just poetry. It is poetry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Just such a uh, man. Like there's just so much humanity in them. And it, I don't know. I just think it makes it makes me understand myself better when I, Mm -hmm. when I read his stuff. Um, The second one is probably Oh, I know the other one is The Courage to Create uh, mm. by Rollo May, uh, psychotherapist. And really, it's not just about creating art. It's really about how you live your life. And it just it talks a lot about courage as this kind of a priori value on which all other. Um, and it's really just. Uh, I don't know, really, really special. Um, it's one of those reread, reread, hmm. man. And then for the third one, I could I could go so many directions with it. I'm trying to think of nonfiction. Well, actually, the courage to create is not. Um, hmm. There's no wrong answer. I know, I know, but I'm just I, I I'm like I think the coddling of the American mind. Mm. Uh, might be the other one. It was either that or Moby Dick or Les Mis. <laughs> I'm actually shocked Moby Dick did not get in there. Um, just so I mean, clear Moby Dick is, it, it's just, I feel like it's a pipe dream to recommend that one to most people, you know, but it is, it is potentially Nicole's favorite book. It is one of my favorite books. Yes. Uh, yeah, he almost yeah. named Bates Moby. I know. I still think you should have, but uh, no, because it was too confusing for Smokey. I know, I know, I know. and I can't, I can't hurt, I can't hurt Smokey's feelings. That just wasn't okay. Yes, so. we, Moby. So well, we almost named him Moby D. Actually, Moby D. <laughs> poor Bates. Poor Bates. Not uh, poor Bates. He's the most spoiled dog in the universe. He is. Quite literally, probably gets don't know the dog is literally a walking stuffed animal. He is hilarious. Um, he has a ball of energy. But to me, I, also the reason why I asked Nicole what three books for all of you guys listening, she's a huge reader. It's one big, big thing that we have in common. And um, 
for me bringing you on here, I was so torn between having a conversation that people expect, you know, about CrossFit and what you're doing and so much of that nature. But I really, my main initiative and my main incentive was to bring on and, and share kind of the person that I, I know and love, which is you. Because I think that there's so much value in the person that you are. Um, but, you know, for everybody that's listening, I know that there's a ton of value in terms of what you're bringing to the table with, with the work that's being done in HQ. And so we had to start there. But, you know, there's a fascinating mind is an understatement. And it's why I think you and I have become, you know, such good friends through that, that process. But like, Books are kind of a good example. Also, some throwing some pottery and some dogs, but we could talk about those topics forever. Maybe I'll just drag you back on. We'll just talk about books, puppies, and and pottery. You just need a yeah. I can come back, that. and then this way people poetry. know what's poetry, pottery, and puppies. Advertise it as poetry, pottery, and puppies, and so if people are like, "What?" they, they don't have to listen. We just launched the whole new podcast about it: poetry, pottery, and puppies. With Nicole Carroll. The the fit okay. the fit affiliate lifestyle podcast. We'll just put She's that in. Like I don't have any yeah. more time to record anything, so <laughs> I'm not doing another thing. <laughs> no, yeah, this, is fun. This, this is fun. This was I told. I think I told Craig his was my third podcast in my life, and I so this is yeah. probably my fourth. But, but this wasn't so bad. This wasn't so bad. I, uh, I wanted to be fun for you. I I put off asking you to do it for a long time. I knew you would do it, and I knew that you would you would mind doing it. I knew I could make it fun for you, but I also know that you know it was important that. I know you don't do a lot of them, so I'm happy you're here. Thank you for coming on the. Yeah, episode. no, thank you for having me. For real, this is it was fun as always talking to you mm-hmm. and Lisa, listening to your accent. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. It's, it's, I am it's, kidding. It's a common common problem, apparently. Tony says that, that nobody can understand me. <laughs> so it's why we, you're very, understand, you're very understandable. It's just very nice to listen to you. You can get yeah. you, you know, you guys are the only ones who ever said that. Yeah. I get she, Lisa gets me ranting and then every once in a while she pops in with the Queen's English to bring everybody back and be like, Oh yeah, we're on a podcast, we're listening. Yeah. So that's why Lisa's here. She's really good at grounding all of us, but <laughs> Um, just the ringmaster to I the circus good. Yeah, quite literally the circus of my good mind um, <laughs> well great listen I, we won't take up any more of your time i do want we will i'll drag you back on here we'll have some more fun we'll talk about poetry and pottery and definitely the puppies Bates can i'll get Bates's own headphones for that one um after you get him through some more <laughs> more classes maybe yeah. i'll i'll just come out we'll do it live at the table while Bates yeah. bites with my ankles um yeah and be way yeah. more fun perfect but um I appreciate it. I think I think the community is in very good hands. Nobody doubted that to begin with. But you know, the more we can share what you're doing and what everybody else behind the, the scenes is doing, I think that's a small service that we can pay through the platform that we have with this podcast. So I'm glad that you were on here. Uh, I know your time is very Thank valuable you. and not go understated. Thank you. We're in good hands with them too. I just want to say yeah. that. I feel that really strongly. Every affiliate gathering, that's been a cool thing about this role. Um, is just being able to be out on the road. I used to be in front of seminar staff a lot, you know, with the job that I had before in education. Now getting to be out with more affiliates and I just couldn't, you know, thinking you're in love with something and then finding out, oh, you're actually more in love with it than than you actually thought you were. So um, it's this kind of really cool dialogue of hopefully inspiration and right this this really nice virtuous cycle anyway just wanted to say that 
I think that's an important. I think that's another important soundbite. They are they are fantastic humans. It's certainly the most rewarding thing that I've probably done in my adult life is the role that I have with so many of them because they are so worth protecting. And so getting them in a large room like that, and you put like dozens or hundreds together, and it's like this is a pretty solid army we got going here. Let's just put them in the right yeah. direction. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They don't need protecting. They're the army. No, no, yeah. they yeah they need to figure out a. a a unified enemy and this point them at it and i think that we're getting there all right thank you it's been awesome nicole to meet you virtually but to have you on the podcast and let you and tony go at it so thank you i appreciate your time and we will see you on the next one <laughs>